Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Well, good morning, everyone, and happy new year. This is our first service of the year, and I'm excited that you have joined us. My name is Tom. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church. And let me just tell you, I am looking forward to some great things in 2021. I hope you are as well. Maybe the biggest thing on my list is to be able to see all of you in person. We are hoping and praying that that day comes sooner rather than later. I promise you. And when we get here, it's going to be a big party. So thank you for your patience and thank you for uh, tuning in with us today and continuing to be uh, um, encouraging and hopefully you are encouraged yourself today. Uh, A couple years ago, uh, my wife and I celebrated our 20-year anniversary, and uh, every five years, uh, we've always done some kind of big trip together, and so in 2019, uh, we went to Puerto Rico. Honestly, it was one of the best trips I've ever taken in my life, and if you haven't gone there and you have the opportunity, uh, go, go, because it's pretty awesome. Um, But something came, uh, became obvious to us pretty quickly. Um, because people there talked about pre-Hurricane Maria and post-Hurricane Maria. And some of you remember, in September of 2017, a Category 5 hurricane came through and whacked that island. Over 3,000 people died. Thousands more lost everything. And uh, you could see when we went there still the signs of that devastation. On August 29th, 2005, another Category 5 hurricane swept into the Gulf and hit Louisiana and Mississippi. You may remember that as Hurricane Katrina. Over 1,800 people died in that hurricane, um, and I am sure that you remember seeing the pictures of the devastation that swept through that area as well. Um, One of the things that I remember most about that particular event was the way in which Hope Church was able to rally around our brothers and sisters in that area of our country, and we sent teams down there to help rebuild. And um, that was probably one of the most significant things that I remember doing in my time here at this church. I think some of you would say the same thing. Able to work together in team and the bonds that we kind of um, formed during that time were some uh, that some of you remember, and certainly I do to this day. Um, I had the privilege of uh, being able to do the electrical work along with one other person in a church that we were serving. And uh, I guess the good news is, uh, as far as I know, that church is still standing today. Um, But not only did we do the electrical, I mean, that 
place was pretty much down uh, to the studs on the inside, and we rebuilt everything. Um, uh, a couple things that I remember uh, specifically about that trip um, was uh, we had several teams that went over various times in the time that I went. Um, there were people that just came in off the street and just started working, uh, including a group of Amish workers uh, that just that just showed up. And, I, and, and, it, and it, it reminded me about how big God's kingdom is and uh, how, how much uh, the human heart, uh, the capacity to, to love and to heal. Um, so that was really cool. I, I also still remember on the way to and from the airport, uh, um, we flew into New Orleans. And, and you could still, at that point in time, there were still cars abandoned on the side of the road and and under the highway uh, overpasses there right underneath and it was just like the doors were swung open it was still like I have to get out of here because this is for real this is serious crazy times crazy memories and I guess that's kind of my picture for what I am looking at 2020 was. You see, the storm has hit. The storm hit you. And in a lot of ways, it turned your world upside down. Uh, the COVID pandemic came and it hit you. It hit all of us. And it knocked you, in some ways, literally off of your feet. Some of you contracted the disease itself, and you experienced that and have come through it, thankfully. Some of you lost your jobs this past year. Some of you have struggled with anxiety and depression this year. Some of you are still reeling to this day. The devastation feels like it's been all around you and you don't know what to do next. And to be honest, all of us, however huge impacted our physical lives, I think it's impacted all of our spiritual lives. We've kind of got distracted in life because we've been knocked out of the routines that we've known for so long. We've got more than a little lazy spiritually. Some of you even got lazy about your physical health. For some of you, trouble spots in your marriage and with your children have shown up in ways that you did not expect or anticipate. Ironically, and this is crazy, some of us would say we're still as busy as we were before. Frankly, we've been thrown off course Spiritually, we've been hit by this storm spiritually. And today, I want to start a series that we're going to continue over the next several weeks called Rebuilding Your Broken World. It's time for you to start the rebuild. And it starts today. What are we rebuilding, you say, Tom? Well, quite simply, it's our lives. But more importantly, and most specifically, it's your spiritual life. We're taking things right down to the studs, just like at that church in Biloxi, Mississippi, 
and we're going to start redesigning and we're going to start rebuilding our broken worlds together. You see, here's the thing. Some of you feel like you're just surviving right now, right? Would you raise your hand and say, I, I literally, I don't even know. I'm just getting through every day. You don't even know, Tom, like homeschool is killing me. Work is ridiculous. I am tired of Zoom. I get it. And you just feel like you're hanging in there. You're just hanging in there, just waiting for things to return to normal. And it's tiring. But I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to just survive. And I think that's the heart of this series. We want you to thrive. And yes, I do believe it's possible that you could thrive and not just survive in this series. And so here's the main goal. Here is the main goal. I'm going to put it on the screen here so you can see it. The main goal for the next several weeks is rebuilding a life that is lived on purpose and on mission. Rebuilding a life that is lived on mission and on purpose. And by the time this series is over, here's a couple things that I hope for. Uh, number one, I hope that you have, will have been able to do a self-inventory to figure out, figure out where you are spiritually and emotionally and physically and admit to some of the issues that have been brewing and have throwing your life off. Because you know what? That's where we have to start. We have to take a good evaluation of where we're at. And we want to help you do that. Uh, the second thing is, then we want you to take a next step. Some of you already have this figured out, maybe. Others of you are going to need a little more time and effort and thought. And so we hope that this series helps you take a next step. And number three, most importantly, I want you to be encouraged and motivated to keep growing and not just to stop there, but to help others do that as well. Because I know that in your circles, in your world, people are all struggling with the same thing. And for you to be able to reach out with a little bit of hope and help for them would be awesome. You've seen the pictures on TV before when, when, when a, a storm hits or a tragedy happens, you have the picture of the house in the distance and, it's, and it's every, everything's kind of strewn around and trees are falling on it and, the, and, and, the, and the, the car is turned sideways in the driveway and people are looking at the thing that they used to have and it's all over the place. You've seen that. And... The storm we know has hit and everything has become a blur and you're trying to salvage what you have left. And, 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 so, and so here's some of the things that you may have experienced in the storm of the past year of your life. You may be feeling lost. You may be feeling conflicted in your spirit. You may be feeling confused. You may be feeling unmotivated. You may be feeling tired. Oh, that's, I think, where I'm at as I feel just tired sometimes. You feel busier than ever, like I said before. Maybe you feel numb. Maybe you feel nothing at all. If you feel that way, this series is for you. If you're longing for things to return to normal or for interaction with others or for crying out loud a restful night's sleep or freedom from worry and anxiety... This series is for you.
Because here's the assumption that I'm making. The assumption that I'm making is that many of us are caught up in what I would call spiritual drift. You know you've been to the ocean before. You know how powerful those currents are. We've all been there, right? We're, we're in the ocean and we're playing with our kids or we're swimming, whatever. And we had our stuff set up on the beach. And the next thing you know, you turn around and you're like going down the coastline, right? That's what I would call drift. And some of us are doing, that's happening to us in our spiritual lives as well. I think we're trying to trust God. I think we want to trust God. But we don't even know where to start anymore. We feel lost and we feel numb. And honestly, we might even feel overwhelmed and tired. So I want to get a couple things out of the way just as we start this this series. And that's all this is today. I, I, I want to set this up. I want to do this overview, Okay. But, but the first thing I want us to know is number one. Here's promise number one. I want to make a couple promises to you. Actually, I want you to see a couple of promises in Scripture. Promise number one, you will face storms in your life. You will face storms in your life. The Bible says it. There's this uh, passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says this, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Listen, you will face trials and storms in your life. This is not uncommon, nor is it unusual. In fact, I dare say that they are necessary to refine us, to shape us, to mold us into what God is want, wants us to be. And so we should expect the hard times. And here's the thing. We have the Bible. We have scripture in front of us, which we're going to look at all through this series. You look at every major character in scripture and they have experienced a storm in their life. And we could look to those examples and to those stories for help, for comfort in our time of need. Which leads me to promise number two. Not only will you have storms in your life, but promise number two is storms are an opportunity for God to strengthen you. Storms are an opportunity for God to strengthen you. If we read the next verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 13 says, Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. 1 Peter also says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure it for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. And so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, that's what we're after. We're after rediscovering and rebuilding our faith, right? And you say, I'm tired and I'm overwhelmed and I just don't know that I have it in me. Like this year has taken it all out of me, Tom. I say, I, I know, I get it. But let's just take comfort in the fact that we are not strangers to this. God says it's going to happen. Number two, I could strengthen you through it. And I think there's a third promise we see. 
Storms are an opportunity for you to experience God's grace. Storms are an opportunity for you and me to experience God's grace. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. I'm going to read it in the King James Version because I like this version. It says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, storms are an opportunity for God to show up in your life. Listen, I know it's hard. I know sometimes it doesn't seem fair. I know it's inconvenient. But if we could have a plan to weather the storms when they come, he promises that his grace will be sufficient. What if, what if you are exactly where God wants you to be right now? What if you are exactly where God wants you to be right now? What if, let me flip this thing, okay? Let's change our perspective. What if you're actually in a good place? I would assert you are. Because you are in a place where you have to depend on God. That's a good place to be. Remember, remember, what is our main goal as we start walking this journey together? It's rebuilding a life that is lived on mission and on purpose. I want us to discover our mission and our purpose. And so in the next few minutes that we have together, I want to look at this. And this scripture is exciting, um, and I'm going to talk about why in a second, but it's also going to be the scripture that we use as the main focus of this entire series, and we find it in Matthew chapter 22. Again, if you have a Bible, take these out. The verses will be on the screen too. Matthew chapter 22, and we are going to read verses 36 through 39. What does it mean to be on mission? What does it mean to be on mission? Teacher, someone's talking to Jesus. What is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And here we go. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So here we go. If you're taking notes, our mission, number one, is to love God. Being on mission means loving God. We came to put our faith and trust in Jesus, many of us, at a time when we realized that we were helpless. And we already talked about this drift, and we drifted so far, and we felt so uh, in need that we came to a point in our lives where we needed 
something beyond ourselves. You see, that's what's easy for us to do. It's, it's easy because we're prone to believe that we're good people. We're prone to believe that we're wise enough. We're prone to believe that we're strong enough to get through. But I'd like to assert that we are right now on this day living a real life experiment that we need something else. We need something bigger. We need something greater. I talked a few weeks about that God-shaped hole in all of us, and that's truly what I believe it is. We have come to the realization that we are not strong enough to weather the storm alone. We are not good enough to be able to make it on the other side on our own. And what I love about this passage of scripture is it kind of helps refocus us. It helps repurpose us. It helps give us the perspective shift again that we need. It doesn't take a biblical scholar knowing the biblical languages to figure out what this verse means. What is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest of most important thing to you, God? Listen, listen. Uh, we've been uh, in my life group going through um, various personality assessments and studies and temperament assessments and things like that. And here, here's one of the things. It didn't even take a temperament assessment for me to know about. Listen, get to the bottom line for me. Don't go all around and then eventually 20 minutes later get to the... No, no, no. Let it out right, right away. And this is what I love. Maybe it's what uh, hits me about this scripture because he just says, God, what's the greatest? What's the most important thing? And he gets right to the point. Love God. He lives out, he, he points out the mission as plain as day. He lays it right in front of us. We can't miss it. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, how many could honestly say that that's where you are right now? Listen, if you are, that's awesome. That is, I mean, seriously, that's what we should be going for. So if you're in a good place, that's great. But what I would say is down the road, you're probably going to find yourself because we know that the storms are going to hit where you're not in a good place with that. Like your heart is conflicted. Your mind is conflicted. Your soul is conflicted. But here's what I know. Being on mission means loving God. There's a second thing that being on mission means, and that is loving people. It's as plain as day. He lays it right out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love people around you as you would yourself. You see, how we interact with others is a key indicator of our spiritual health. I don't know if you've heard that before, but I really believe it's true. How we interact with others is a key indicator of our spiritual health. And so, again, in this series, I want to do a spiritual checkup. You know, you know like when you go to the doctor, 
right? I, I went to the doctor um, a couple months ago when I messed up my ankle pretty bad, and I had not been to this doctor before, so they said to me, what? Come a little bit early. You have a whole bunch of paperwork to fill out. Oh, man, roll your eyes. Right? They need to know all this stuff. And so you go into the office. You have the forms that's like 17 pages long, and you start checking off all the boxes. Do you have a history of this? Do you do this? Um, do you struggle with this? How... What is your pain level? All, all this kind of stuff, right? You're doing all the paperwork. Think of this series as the spiritual checkup. We're going to go through and evaluate where we're at. One of the things when we are evaluating where we're at is how we interact with other people. So let's do the spiritual checkup right now in our minds. Do you feel yourself getting angry quickly? Do you find yourself being quick to speak instead of what the Bible says, be slow to speak? Are you giving the people around you the benefit of the doubt? Do you find yourself frustrated at even the smallest things? Are you constantly playing the comparison game with other people? Social media. Have you stopped giving of yourself to help others? Have you been making a regular habit of putting your spouse's needs ahead of your own right now? Listen, I don't know. I I could probably go on and on, but here's what I know. If you are struggling with any or all of these things, it's okay. We're doing the spiritual assessment checkup. But being on mission, Jesus says, is to love people. It's a great commandment. Jesus answers in his own words what the most important thing in our lives is. And he, le- he lays out the mission as plain as day. Love God and love people. So in closing, I want to uh, go to another passage that's going to also set the tenor and tone for this series. It's one of the first passages I thought about uh, when I started thinking about you know, what, I, what I wanted to talk about when it comes to the new year. By the way, I love the new year. I love it. I've said this before. I, there's something about the ability to kind of turn over the new leaf, to kind of look at things in a new and a fresh way, to give yourself some natural starting points. And so in that light, I want to look at Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and really the whole chapter is awesome. I just want to pick out a couple of verses. I'm going to start right from verse one. It says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, there's so much there. We can pack that over an entire series probably, but I want to look at just one or two quick things. First of all, I want to look at verse 2. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That word transformation uh, is this word metamorphosis, right? Um, it, and you, you know what that means when you just think of um, the butterfly, right? The caterpillar and the butterfly. It evolves, it becomes, it changes. It changes actually in this language, the most common form or function. I want us to begin to transform the way we think by letting God transform our hearts. May we evolve, may we become, may we change into the person God wants us to be. Later on in that uh, passage, verse 12, I love this verse. It says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation or storms or trials or testings, whatever word you want to use there, and be constant in prayer. Listen, when you think about that uh, caterpillar turning into that butterfly, it goes into this cocoon and begins this metamorphosis um, uh, process. And one would think it's, it died. But instead, um, it turns into this beautiful new thing. And when we are in the storms, it's hard to think this way, but I want you to know that there is hope. There is a new life. Grace is always available. Grace makes all things new. And God's people who have discovered this have this whole new world available to them. And that's what I want to do in this series. I want us to realize that we can turn that new leaf in our spiritual lives and become people who can live on mission and on purpose. Have you fallen away? Has something that was once so exciting and so vibrant for you in the past just become dull? Are you tired? Are you weary? That's a word that's really helpful and descriptive in this time, right? We're just weary. Are you confused? Are you feeling cynical? I know some of you are. Do you just feel numb? Then hopefully this will be for you. Look, it doesn't matter where you've been. That's the other thing that's awesome about God's economy here. It does not matter where you've been. It does matter how we finish. And I want to leave you with this thought. It doesn't even matter how we do it so much. What God is looking for from you, what God wants from you is faithfulness. Faithfulness. 
faithfulness because finishing is the most important thing. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to look at the how. I would like to put some practical handles, some actual tangible steps that you could make in your life to be reinvigorated spiritually. Because here's the thing, we don't drift towards spiritual health. We've got to fight for it. And what's the win? The win is faithfulness. Loving God and loving people faithfully. This rebuild could be the most beautiful thing ever. So, it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask for the strength and the courage and the self-awareness to be able to begin this new journey in this new year with you. We don't want to get ahead of you. We don't want to fall behind you. We want to walk in step with you. God, knowing that you're going to allow grace in our lives, knowing that we're going to do this with other people that are going to cheer us on. But God, I ask for the people right now who do not feel this hope. Lord, I pray Hope Church would be contagious to them. I pray that your spirit would meet them in that way. That you would give clear direction as to how to find you. Because you say, when we seek you, we'll find you. Give us the opportunity to do that. Thank you for what you've put ahead of us. Help us to strive for that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.